Hi there and welcome to Get Started, the beginner's guide to the stock market by My Wall Street. I'm James and I'm the head of content and publishing with My Wall Street. In this five-part podcast series, I'm joined by Rory, the head analyst here at My Wall Street, as we explore how anyone can make their first move towards becoming a successful investor by following just a few simple steps. The episodes in this podcast are based on My Wall Street's Learn app, a free educational tool that has been downloaded more than 2 million times worldwide. As you listen along, it would be helpful to download the Learn app for yourself and follow along with the lessons as we get into them in more depth and give you some extra tips and insights. If you listen into these five episodes, less than three hours in total, I can guarantee you that you'll have everything you need to just, as the title says, get started. Hi folks, not only do we want to help you get started investing with this educational podcast, we want to go a step further and get you closer to your first portfolio of stocks. We've been picking market-beating stocks for over 10 years now with a strategy based on long-term mindful investing. So we're giving you access to one free stock from our extensive library that we've built and added to over the years. This is an easy-to-digest report of a high-quality business we believe has all the characteristics to be a long-term winner. That's right, a free stock pick just for you. Simply head over to mywallstreet.com to find out more or click the link in the show notes for this episode. So Rory, the fifth and final podcast of the Get Started series. It's been quite a journey so far. Quite a journey. I think we did it in one day as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's For listeners at home, myself and Rory have actually sat down one day and recorded this through. So uh, I'm on about my fifth cup of coffee at the moment. We're, we're getting fairly, <laughs> fairly tired. As the am. I'm in double digits. <laughs> Definitely in double digits. I had to borrow milk from a neighbor. That's how much coffee I drank today. <laughs> well, let's crack on with it then before we, we hit our caffeine slump. So in this episode... I want to talk, you know, we, we've gone through everything from why stock investing is is a good idea in terms of wealth generation to looking into how we assess companies from kind of a qualitative side and moving on to the quantitative stuff, you know, balance sheets and stuff like that. What I want to talk about today is the very practical elements of starting a portfolio and making your first investment. So, you know, Rory, when you're looking at, at your very first stock to buy, what advice would you give to a novice investor? First stock you should buy should be a business you really believe in. Okay, it should be a company that you understand well, a company that you have done a bit of reading on, that you know how it works, how it operates. It should probably be a kind of larger company. Okay, you know, I, I would I would typically advise people at their very first investment don't buy a small hyper growth tech company with you know with that's not possible yeah. i would say go go out find a business there's got to be a business out there that you love that you've interacted with that you've bought their products that you know that you're loyal to as a customer or that you understand well as a customer make that your first investment make don't overcomplicate it or make it too risky um there's some great like bedrock stocks out there that you can start off a portfolio with apple is a great example google amazon um, you know any of these kind of bigger more stable businesses that have been around for years and that people interact with on a daily basis very good uh, first stocks to buy my first stock that I bought was Disney uh, you know it's it's not a super exciting tech company it's an old world media company um, So, but it, you'll remember your first investment so make it a company that you really do love and that you understand and as we talked about earlier in, in a previous episode these are all companies that you know the average person on the street is at least a customer of one of these companies. So they understand the business instantly. Yeah. Don't, I mean, the, so many people, the first investment is 
some biotech ticker symbol that they have no idea what the company does and have, like have no edge in whatsoever in understanding that company. Make it make your first investment one that you understand. Um, another thing is don't try and time it. Don't try and time the investment. You, you can't. You're not good enough at this point. You're, no one's good enough to time the market. So don't try and time it. Um, and don't put all your money in all at once. Just buy you know one share or have a fraction of a share. Just get yourself started. And then start building a position over over time, okay? The, I mean, the reason you shouldn't worry about timing the market is because you have no control over it. You are, yeah. you won't be able to do it. So, you know, if there's something you can't control in life, don't worry about it. Just proceed, <laughs> you know, get yourself started. Would definitely be my first piece of advice to people. And don't be afraid to be wrong. It's okay. You're, you're investing for the first time ever. You're not going to be a great investor at this point. Yeah. Um, just get, get it push yourself ahead make the make the thing become an investor by buying one share or a fraction of a share nothing that's going to break the bank nothing that's going to you know impact you financially just get yourself started getting yourself started is the hard part then it's, it becomes easier once you once you have the brokerage once you have the account set up you figure out how to fund then it's then you can dedicate more time to you know researching companies and and figuring out how you want to build a much bigger portfolio and what are your thoughts on things like index funds or ETFs for the novice investor? Great way to get started as well. Great way. It's a great way for people to invest. Um, like I said, the vast majority of people don't really have the temperament, the stomach, or the or the time even to worry about investing in individual companies. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be investing. You always should be investing, no matter what. You should invest for your future. And index funds are a great way to go about it. And a great way to it's a great way to invest to begin with it's a great way to get instant diversification because you're not just buying one company you're buying 500 companies all at once so you're not relying on that one business that may you know may have a downturn you're investing in a big swath of companies so you mentioned diversification there and if you are an investor that chooses maybe to add a few individual companies maybe on top of an index fund or just maybe have a portfolio in individual companies we always preach the importance of diversification in protecting your portfolio against you know massive downturns and things like this can you tell me how you see a person achieving diversification in their portfolio how do you go about getting a diversified portfolio so the idea of diversifying is quite simple no matter how much research or time or reading you put into a business, there will always be risk. There's always, always risk out there. Um, no matter how like you know stable a company is, you know, look back on there's some being incredible kind of fraud uh, over the over the years with these massive companies that no one thought would ever be bankrupt, yeah. and, and suddenly the company was gone in a couple of days. So no matter how much research you do, there's always going to be risk, and the only way to lessen that risk is by diversifying. You know, diversifying is a silver bullet. You spread that risk across multiple companies you know even when we talk about those bedrock companies that aren't as volatile you still have to diversify you can't just invest in one company you can't put all your eggs in one basket and why would you there's so many great businesses out there to invest in so you want to spread your investments over aim for 10 to 15 companies but don't fall into this trap where you don't invest because you haven't got money to buy 10 to 15 companies do it over time as i said yeah. your first first time you're investing you're not going to be per it's not going to be perfect you're not going to have everything right you over the first year take that time to build up a portfolio of 10 to 15 different companies okay and that really is a kind of depending on how much you want to spend doing this stuff if you don't want to spend a lot of time researching companies buy a few less if you want to if you want to dedicate a lot of time to investing buy a few more but don't 
don't buy, I would say, less than six would be, you'd be way under diversified there. You want to spread yourself out more than six and don't go too thin either. Don't end up buying, you know, 40, 50 companies. There are people out there who do it. David Gardner is a good example. The Motley Fool owns hundreds, maybe thousands of stocks. But the problem with what happens if you spread yourself too thin is you'll end up having some massive winners but because those winners are such a small part of your portfolio, it won't make a very big impact. Uh, and yeah. you, what you'll end up is you'll end up getting something similar to what an index fund would get you. So you'll, end up, you'll just end up kind of balancing out. There's a couple of different ways to diversify. Uh, so the first is by market cap. You know, we've already talked about the idea that big companies tend to be more stable. Smaller companies tend to be more volatile. Give yourself a balance between big companies and small companies. If you are feeling kind of more if you're feeling more risky if you want to in, in put more risk in your portfolio you could have more small companies than big companies if you wanted less you can have more big companies and less small companies and you know a couple yeah. in the middle you know there's a way of balancing your risk by market cap another good idea is to invest in different sectors don't only buy one type of company because sectors tend to move together we've seen multiple times how tech companies for example will all sell off together because people find the technology sector tends to get very inflated and then there's a correction and they all drop at the same time and that's bad you don't want to see that in your portfolio you want companies from different areas of the of, of the investing world so you know buy a few retailers buy a few tech companies buy a few restaurants buy some consumer staples there's loads of different sectors that you can invest in in order to kind of balance out your your portfolio that way too geography as well is is a good way of diversifying uh you don't want all your investments to be focused on the us for example that way if there's a you know big economic downturn in the us that isn't a worldwide downturn although maybe we might be in the the period now where all downturns are worldwide downturns but you know you can find companies that are operating outside the us companies like Mercado Libre, for example, is an e-commerce platform in Latin America that wouldn't be impacted very much by the US economy. Um, C Limited is a very similar company, but operating in Southeast Asia. These are businesses that are listed in the US, but are not, you know, tied to the US economy, for example. Yeah. And then finally, as you get older, you can also diversify with asset classes. You know, you, you shouldn't have all your money in stocks, particularly as you get closer to kind of retirement age. Uh, you want to kind of balance that out with other asset classes and there's loads of asset classes out there there's property there's bonds there's you know I hate to say it cryptocurrency is now an asset class you know, so <laughs> there's there's multiple ways that you can buy financial assets across multiple classes you don't have to be all in stocks and as you get old you, sh- you certainly should be kind of thinking of moving some money out of stocks and something like bonds or something that's a lot more safer something that's going to protect your money in retirement yeah absolutely so take me through the building of a portfolio um in your mind yeah. So again, so many people don't get started because they think they have to have this perfect portfolio from day one. Building a portfolio is something that takes time. You should take your time doing it. It's not something that happens overnight. Don't worry about being fully diversified right away. And um, it's something that you build throughout your lifetime. You know, it's something yeah. that you're. You know, you, it, there's never a point as an investor where you go, right? There's my portfolio. I'm done. I just yeah. yeah don't no. do anything else. Uh, you're always finding new companies that you're interested in. You're always, you, you should be constantly kind of saving and putting more money in and adding to the businesses that you really love. And, you know, keep in mind that, you know, the very first day you invest, the very, your very first investment, you are going to be the worst version of an investor that you will ever be. That's <laughs> like, that's just, 
this is the way the world works. The first time you do something is typically the worst, the the worst time you're going to do it. You know, um, so so don't worry about being first uh, fully right away. Grow it over time. Build it around a couple of bedrock stocks. Find a couple of companies that you really love, you really understand, you think are good companies that are going to be around in five, ten years. Use that as kind of your your anchor, your ballast in the ship to make sure that your portfolio doesn't go completely wonky. And then add in new companies as you go along. And um, you can use kind of different people have different ways of kind of measuring how to build a portfolio. One is kind of the full position, half position idea. Yeah. So the idea being that you would have in your head based on your own kind of finances, you would have a kind of numerical figure that hypothetically is like the most you would put into a company. Yeah, uh, a full position. And you'd call that a full position. So let's say if, if your full position was $1,000, that's the most you could possibly see putting into one company based on your current financial situation. A company that you really, really believe in, you buy a full position in. You know, then there might be another company that you're interested in, but you don't know too much about yet, or or it's riskier than you're kind of comfortable with. You might decide that's a company you're going to put a half position into. So just cut your full position in half. Say, okay, I'm going to put 500 into that company, and maybe in a couple of months you've you're you're more uh, confident about it. You can turn it into a full position if you want to for a really really risky investment for something that you're kind of just investing in. You know very see how it goes kind of thing you could do a quarter position you, this is, you can break it down in, in kind of whatever kind of ratio you want but it's all very very relevant to your own personal situation i think that's a very clear thing there's no magic number of what a full position or a half position should be no no not at all and, and everything about investing is personal that's you know there's no singular way of doing it there's no absolute right thing another way to do it is to do something called dollar cost averaging which means that you invest a certain amount every month, regardless of whether the stock is up or down. And what this does essentially is it lets you build positions without worrying about the stock going up or down because you're gonna, it's yeah. gonna end up kind of evening out over time. The times when the stock is down, you'll end up buying more stock for the same amount of money. The times when the stock are up, you're gonna buy less stock for the same amount of money. So this smooths out that kind of timing risk. And it also kind of removes the emotions from it. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not going. Oh, well, I'm not going to invest in this one this time because it's down, or I don't want to invest in this one this time because it's up. It just it becomes kind of mechanical almost. Yeah. And that's quite a good way to to build a portfolio over time, and to get yourself into kind of that full position status that you're that you're aiming for with certain businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of like the strategies people take in, you know, trying to build up an emergency fund or to save. It's just putting away that set amount of money every month. But instead of putting into a savings account, it's going into your investments. Remember, folks, head on over to MyWallStreet.com to get access to our free stock analysis. We've picked one outstanding business from our extensive back catalog and we're giving it to you for free. Talk to me a little bit about risk versus reward in a portfolio. How do you kind of figure out how much risk you want to, to have in your portfolio? Again, so personal. It's it's really down to the individual. Um, I know myself. I am you know happy enough with risk. I, I can handle the ups and downs of the stock market. When I see a stock drop 25 percent, doesn't particularly bother me. I because I'm in it for the long term. Other it's a bit of a daredevil, Rory. A little bit of a daredevil. I like mistakes rare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is actually someone once posited that it that is a way of knowing whether someone how risk averse someone is is how they like their stakes cooked. But yeah, so but I know other people, friends and family who would literally, you know, 
couldn't handle a 10% drop. That would be to them a moment of sheer panic and terror if they saw one of their stocks drop 10%. Yeah. Um, so that's something people have to figure out themselves. They probably won't know at the start of their investing journey what their risk tolerance is. They might think that they're very, that they have a high risk tolerance, but trust me, when it starts going bad, it can get pretty hard to, to, yeah. to stomach. Um, so it's something that you need to figure out yourself. It's something that you need to figure out over time. I personally would think in terms of an uh, investor's age, that should come into it as well. Uh, if you're young, if you've just started off in your career, you've got you know, 30, possibly 40 years of earnings ahead of you in terms of a career, you can afford to take more risks. Uh, the money that you're making, you know, you think about someone now who's you know, maybe 20, 21, and the idea that like, you know, investing for them, investing $300 might be a huge amount of money. I think, God, I, I really don't want to lose that $300. 15, 20 years from now, $300 is going to feel like nothing. So, you know, yeah. that, you can afford to be a little bit more risky when you're young and try and get in on those kind of 10 bagger stocks that Peter Lynch talked about, those stocks that multiply 10x uh, over the course of a number of years. And um, as you get older, you certainly don't want to be doing that because you have less time to make back money that you could potentially lose when you're, you know, when you've only got 10 years of, of earnings left, you should be thinking about protecting the money you have, making sure that you have enough for your retirement. So that's, that's I mean, it's again, this is very general. Uh, it depends on the person, depends on their own attitude to risk. But trying to figure out your own attitude to risk is important. There is no reward without risk in this in, in the stock market. You will make no money by playing it safe, by 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 not taking any risks and that's that's equally dangerous as, as, as taking a lot of risks but remember a few good investments can dramatically change your life if you if you end up finding a couple of really great businesses that multiply many times over that could dramatically change your financial future and as a young person with you know disposable income who's able to invest in the stock market a bit more freely than someone who has a lot of dependents i for me anyway i would be going out looking for those kind of riskier investments I remember you said to me once, and I think this is a good rule of thumb for figuring out your own risk, is that if you're losing sleep over your investments, it's a sign you're over-risked and you need to kind of rebalance your portfolio. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that happens with new investors all the time. They panic with when a stock goes down 20%, let's say, and they get in contact going, what do I do? And the thing to do is you clearly aren't, you're not investing within your own risk uh, tolerance. You know, you, yeah. uh, you are not suited to this investment. Um, and if there's if there's a stock that's keeping you up at night, possibly a sign that you need to get out of it and get into something uh, less risky. So then, looking like w when you're building your portfolio, looking towards the long term, how how do you manage to stick to a, a long term buy and hold mindset? How do you manage to keep your cool, um, you know, over the course of five, ten, fifteen, maybe even twenty years? It's you know we're going way back now to the very first podcast you and me talked about, which is first of all only put in money that you can afford to not have for five years that's 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 the first thing don't invest in money that you're going to need over the in in the short term um understanding the business is vital as well don't invest in companies you don't understand that, that is the number one way that investors fail when it comes to their timeline they invest in businesses thinking that they're going to hold them for five years but they don't understand the business and if you don't understand the business what they're going to do is they're going to panic the first sight of, uh, of stock going down and trust me all stocks go down at some point. All stocks have yeah. bad days. All stocks post bad earnings reports every now and again and see the, the, the price of the stock go down 10, 20% sometimes. If you don't understand the business, that's when you are going to jump out of the stock, think that you're you know getting out in order to save yourself. And you never, you, you, you don't know, that stock will 
most likely or well most likely is, is dependent on the stock i suppose but very often stocks will just rebound the the market panic will subside after a day or two and the stock people will start buying the stock again it's funny like i am a stock analyst i look at stocks all day i would refuse to tell my friends what to invest in they come to yeah. me all the time asking here what, what should i invest in right now and i don't tell them and the reason that it drives them mad but the reason i don't is because there's very little point in me telling them what stock to invest in instead what i do is i say why don't you tell me some businesses you're interested in and pitch them to me and then i'll yeah. i'll help you figure out whether it's a good investment because maybe there's something that you might have missed or maybe something you didn't think about but unless the person understands the business there's no point in me telling them what stock to invest in because what's going to happen is they're going to buy it it'll go down at some point they'll panic they'll sell it and then they'll blame me for, for, for that. Um, whereas if they understand the business when a stock goes down they can go okay i understand what's happened here it's uh, they can d- decide themselves whether they think it's a big deal or whether it's not a big deal and they might even decide that they want to buy more they might think of it as a buying opportunity rather than as a reason to sell the stock yeah and i think that interest in the companies you invest in is crucial in in terms of holding on for the long term if you don't if you're not interested if you don't believe in the company you're you're not going to be able to stick around on those bad days so we've talked a lot about the things you should do in setting up your first and building your first portfolio what are the things you should avoid suppose well the first thing to know is everyone makes mistakes uh the first like i said the first time you invest you'll be the worst version of your investing self ever yeah it's important that people are brave enough to fail at something new that's so you know uh in terms of investing you will have losers uh peter lynch once said if you get six out of ten stocks right you're doing a great job uh the key is to try and is to try and have winners that you know balance out your losers so if you have four companies that do fantastically well two that kind of go middling and four that don't do well at all you hope your winners will balance out your losers and make money for you and so that's kind of a key there is to understand that you're never going to have 10 if you're investing in 10 companies you're never going to have 10 winners it just doesn't it doesn't happen uh no one gets 10 winners warren buffett has plenty of losers in his over the years greatest investor of in history uh has had plenty of mistakes made along the way I suppose the number one thing is is doing number one mistake is is doing nothing uh yeah not getting involved not investing in your future is a terrible terrible idea it's going to lead to a very uncomfortable retirement i'm not talking about investing in individual stocks i'm saying doing nothing in terms of investing at all in anything just make sure you know do make sure that there you have some sort of plan for your future make sure that you are putting money aside for yeah. your future self because doing nothing will land you in a terrible amount of trouble further down the line um the other mistake I see people making is investing for the short term. Like, you know, I feel like I'm repeating myself here. Investing for the short term is a terrible idea. You have no idea how market sentiment is going to react to certain companies, to certain sectors, to the broader market. So if you are thinking you're going to invest now and take all your money out in six months and it's going to be up a certain uh, amount, you're setting yourself up for a disaster. And yeah. there, don't, you know, don't invest. There's plenty of people on Twitter who invest for in a ticker for a day just hoping that it goes up 5%. Uh, some people are able to do this. I don't, I've never understood how they can. You know, the, the, I think a lot of the time they are flipping a coin. Not to say there isn't some great great people out there who are able to do that kind of technical analysis and are able to, but I mean, even then they're just, it's a balancing act. They're gonna have loads of winners. They're gonna have some, some a lot of lose, losers and they're just trying to balance their winners versus their losers. 
and they've been doing it for years and they have all the they have the Bloomberg terminals and they've they've got all the the charts in front of them you're basically flying blind if you try and follow them in there yeah kind of another mistake playing it too safe and also playing it too risky try and find a balance there don't as a young person don't invest in in very low risk vehicles that aren't going to generate you much money uh, because you'll never get anywhere with that at the same time don't just go head on in with like super high risk investments uh, that you don't know anything about or that are just you know you're just buying into them because the price is going up if you're buying something because the price is going up the reason it's going up is because people like you are buying because the price is going up that's going to stop at some point at some point that will end and the price will rapidly go down don't follow the crowd get a path for yourself figure out who you are as your own investor and 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 find your own way don't do something just because everyone else is doing it um and finally don't act on emotion if you feel the need to do something right this second chances are you're about to make a massive mistake uh if you know there's you know there's a kind of um emotional trauma that happens to people when they see themselves losing money uh yeah it really is like this kind of evolutionary thing where we really kind of start panicking when we see money leaving our accounts that's the time when you make the biggest mistakes uh if if, if a stock has dropped 20 percent and you're panicking it's too late it's, it's already too late the stock's already dropped 20 percent take a couple of days like to 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 not act on emotion come back to it in two or three days and go right what do i really think now and um, do i still believe in the business uh, do i think this do i do do i think the the whole thesis has changed um that's a much better way to invest and make sure that you make you don't make as many mistakes i think it was jason moser our friend over the motley fool said that whenever he he feels like making a decision in his portfolio he he takes the night and sleeps it off and thinks about it the next morning which seems like pretty good advice speaking of you know selling and panic selling you know we talk about long-term investing and and we talk about how long you should hold but a very real and practical reality of your portfolio is at some point throughout your your investing life you will need to sell stocks for many different reasons so how does an investor know rory when they should sell or when it is time to sell it's the hardest it's the hardest question to answer it's hard way way harder than asking when to buy uh when to sell is 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 the big one and you know the best time to sell is never you know that's if, if you if you do your research and you find a great business you are never going to want to sell that business it's going to yeah. keep growing and you're going to have it in your portfolio for decades and you know obviously at some point you're going to want to get money to buy a house or you know pay for a marriage or pay for college or something at that point you're, you're not selling because you don't like the investment anymore you're selling it to raise funds for something else and, and that's that's really the goal in, in in investing is to find those businesses that you never want to sell when, sometimes however that's that's not always the case like i said mistakes will be made you will end up owning companies that don't work out for you i suppose there's kind of three kind of questions you need to ask yourself at that point the first is was i wrong to begin with was was my was when i decided i wanted to buy this company was there something I didn't understand about the business? Was there something I missed? Did I just have a bad thesis to begin with? Yeah. Um, and in that case, you know, you do need to reevaluate things and perhaps sell sell the stock and move on to something else. The next thing is maybe maybe your thesis was right at the start, but maybe something's changed. Maybe the CEO that you believed in has left the company, or maybe the company has gone into an area that you don't think is good for them. 
um, maybe a new competitor has come in that is really just you know destroying them. In in that case, when something has changed again, it's you know you have to reflect and go right. Well, it's not my my thesis is broken. It's not what the it's not the thesis I invested in, and perhaps then it's time to sell and move on. Yeah. But the final question I suppose you should always ask yourself is: Do I still believe in the company? No matter really what happens uh, in terms of the stock price, if you still believe the company has a bright future, if you still believe it's going to be a bigger, better company in five to 10 years, then you probably shouldn't sell. <laughs> and so many investors I know, so many investors who've been doing this for decades tell me the worst decisions they've ever made have always involved selling. They've never, yeah. they never look back on a decision to buy a company and think that was a terrible mistake. It's always the sales. It's always the ones where they lost faith too early or panicked at the right, wrong moment and ended up selling a stock that ends up going up 10x or 20x over the next 10 years and they just have to watch it and they never buy back in because it's kind of a kind of shame thing then we're like I'm not, yeah. not going to buy back into the company that I sell I'm going to stick with my my I didn't stick with my original buy conviction but I'm definitely sticking with my sell conviction stubbornness and yeah plain stubbornness is uh is what prevents them and, and and they always reflect going god I wish I hadn't sold that company so so you know keep that in mind don't sell uh just just on on one bad earnings or on one moment of panic keep in mind that great businesses will go up and down but over the long term they tend to get bigger and better and continue to outperform and sometimes to the point where you don't even believe it yourself you can't even imagine that a company that you bought 10 years ago is now worth 30 times what it was or 40 times what it was and you look at your uh, brokerage account and think oh my god i never thought i would have this kind of money available to you know invest in a house or, or to or to spend and and, and and build my financial future on absolutely and with that we've reached the end of the get started series i really hope you found the things we talked about useful and feel like you're ready to move on to the next step of your personal investing journey if you're sitting there and you're wondering what you should do next my wall street has plenty of options for you to choose from first of all make sure to download our free learn app for ios or android in this you can go over all of the things we talked about here over the last five episodes at your leisure making it an invaluable tool for investors of every level we also have plenty more free investing stuff too. You could listen in to myself and Rory on the regular Stock Club podcast, where we're joined by more of the My Wall Street analyst team to talk about the recent going-ons in the stock market. You could go over to the My Wall Street blog, which publishes dozens of articles every week to keep you informed about the stories you need to know. We even have a free daily newsletter called Fastball by My Wall Street that will arrive in your inbox every single morning, giving you a head start on the day. If you feel like you're ready to start picking stocks, however, then the My Wall Street app is definitely for you. Also available on iOS and Android, as well as a web version, the My Wall Street app gives members a hand-picked shortlist of stocks that we believe are outstanding investment opportunities. You can sign up for a brokerage account through the app or link your existing brokerage account, and you will also get exclusive daily content from the My Wall Street team, including myself and Rory, that will give you an edge on your investing life. To try out the My Wall Street app for free, just follow the link in the notes for today's show or simply Google search My Wall Street. That's My Wall ST. Thanks again for listening into the Get Started series, and we'll talk to you again soon. Happy investing. That's it for today's episode. If you like what you're hearing and want to level up your investing game, take the first step by heading over to MyWallStreet.com to get access to our free stock analysis.